welcome to the Acts 29 podcast, another resource for planting churches worldwide. And I am your host, Jeff Metters, the Director of Assessment for Acts 29. Well, on today's show, I'm excited to have Kevin Scott on the show. Kevin, it's good, good to have you on here. You are a native, who, a California native, who moved to Boston 2011 to plant church at The Well. Yes. Married to his best friend, Christy. And you have how many kids? Um, three. Well, we had two, and then we picked one up and we moved to Boston. Okay. Okay. There we go. Uh, that's that's always. Uh, I hope there were official channels there for for yeah, picking a, for picking a kid up. Okay. So okay. Good. I was about to have a, a criminal confession here on the on the X twenty nine podcast. I'm glad. I'm glad that's not the case, Kevin. <laughs> no, I'm glad that's not the case. case. Well, he has uh, has all kinds of ministry experience. He's owned and operated successful businesses as well in California. Uh, he's up there serving kids at an inner city up there in New York, his experience with that before church planning. And he's got a master's in religion and an MDiv from Liberty. And we are here to talk about church planting, of course, and coffee houses. But before we dive all into that, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more to our listeners and your church and, and your partnership with X29? Sure. Thanks, Jeff. So um, once again, my name is Kevin Scott. I am currently serving as the lead pastor of Church at the Well in East Boston. And then I'm also the visionary founder of the Well Coffee Houses. Um, we moved to Boston 12 years ago. We've opened five coffee houses and helped plant three different churches. Um, and it's been an amazing adventure to just kind of wow. watch what the Lord's doing. Um, I've been married tw- almost 27 years. And um, my wife is awesome also. Um, it's just uh, it's just good to be here, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah, man. Glad to have you on and talk about these coffee houses. You know, I'm a big coffee snob, and so I'm, I'm, I love to talk about coffee. I don't have a lot of hobbies, but I think I think uh, coffee is yeah, coffee could be a hobby. You know, I feel You're like that getting, should be everybody's hobby. I I agree, and uh, there are some listeners who do not agree, <laughs> and we can pray for them. Yeah, we you know? can actually pray for them. We'll Everything created by God is good. First uh, Timothy four says. Okay, so Kevin, before we dive into all that, we, we've added a new feature, to, new feature to the show to do a listener questions, Great. and so we have a listener question from, and it's very uh, appropriate for what we're talking about today too, um, from Rodney Rambo, which has got to be the one of the greatest listener like names out there, oh, man, and I think it is his real name, uh, Rodney Rambo. Uh, sounds like maybe a wrestler from the 1980s too. We'll have to ask what he's doing for a living. Yeah, yeah, maybe this is his side hustle. He he asked the question about planting side hustles, also known as tent making. Yep. Uh, what are jobs that guys have found to be particularly conducive to planting? So, what are some of those jobs, side hustles that have helped in the uh, church planting? What what do you think there, Kevin? Yeah, so I get this question a lot. Um, I think it depends on your context. So what we're looking for when we're looking at, I guess, a side hustle or a job, um, what can you do that's also going to allow you to the advantage of planting, right? So what's going to help you build relationships? Um, strategically, what would be um, an opportunity for you to maybe engage the neighborhood that you're going to be in? So a lot of those things revolve people, right? Like, I mean, I've had some people come and say, I want something that's online. And I'm like, man, you have opportunity to go into your neighborhood and actually engage it through work. So like in New England might say, hey, go get a job at the Well Coffee House because it's going to put you in front of people a lot. Um, Or if not, like a Dunkin' Donuts where, you know, forget the money, just go and and find an opportunity for you to begin building relationships with the people in your neighborhood. And we have found that that has been the most successful. So I would say anything that's going to put you in front of people. When we first moved to Boston, we had no money, right? We were a true parachute. And I was actually coaching soccer for a company that 
um, was sending me all over the city. And I was basically working with wealthy families. But the relationships that I built through those working with their kids was huge. Mm. Um, and that, and then the Lord used that to help propel um, both the coffee house and the church ministry that we ended up beginning. Yeah, so, man, I love that. That's a, that's a great angle. Build relationships. Yeah. 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 That, that's usually not the typical answer that I've heard or thought of like, Oh, you could do this thing. Here's some passive income for this. Here's a, and, and all that matters. We want to provide for our families, but I think we need that missional reminder of what's going to put you in front of people. Uh, so that, have, that's have, a great yeah, way. We have found that, you know, it's, it's in those relationship building that the Lord really chooses to move. Right. So church at the well started with just the relationships that we had built on our outside relational jobs. And they're, you know, we're telling them what we're here to do. And they're like, well, where's your church? We want to come. Right. So that's how, I mean, it's the easiest way to build a core is to start building relationships in your neighborhood and, and make yourself relevant to what's going mm. on there. Yeah. Yeah, man. I remember when I, when I worked at Starbucks and you know, you meet, it was the only Starbucks in this town. And so, oh, and really even the only coffee shop in this town. So everybody was coming in if they like coffee or like sweet drinks, uh, or like overpriced milkshakes. I mean, they're yeah, going, absolutely. they're going there for it. And I would meet them. They get the same thing every day. I would talk to them. I got to share the gospel with so many people, my coworkers to evangelize them. I mean, it was, it was easily one of the most productive evangelistic times in my life. Uh, so guys, yeah, great, great answer, Kevin. Very, very helpful. And, and it's a good segue into what we're talking about today. The, the well coffee houses. So before we dive into, we've seen how we've seen God provide through it all, or maybe it's all, you know, intertwined together. What is this, this concept? Let's zoom out. Let's get the macro concept that you're doing here with church planting and, and coffee shop, uh, launching too. Yeah. So anybody that's planted in a large city knows that like one of the major issues is funding. Right, so when you come to a city like Boston, um, one of the reasons that people aren't planning within the city limits is that there's it's really difficult to find space, um, and then post COVID, it's really difficult to even go into like schools and and you know these other third spaces. So, um, I was actually pastoring a really large church in California. Um, we had felt the call to move to Boston and plant and this money issue became a massive concern. You know, we, the church I was at didn't necessarily have a vision for church planting and didn't really understand why I would leave anyway. And so, um, we, I was actually sitting at Chick-fil-A. It was the first Chick-fil-A that was in California in, in my town from Bakersfield. And I sat down in this Chick-fil-A and somebody told me, you know, they're closed on Sundays and I'm looking around and going, when wouldn't it be awesome if Chick-fil-A allowed a church planter to use their space on Sunday while they're already <laughs> yeah. closed. Right. So, I mean, you can do a, easily do a service in here. There's a kid's play area. They can go play over there. And then that kind of, we were studying John chapter 4, uh, Jesus with the woman at the well and all the barriers that he was breaking to have this conversation that he wasn't supposed to have. Mm. And we thought, okay, what would it look like if we went into a city like Boston and, and started something that would allow us to meet people, build relationships provide the funding that we need to be there, pay for the space the church to meet, it could be closed on Sundays and the church could plant out of there, right? And so that's basically what we came here to do. Um, when we looked at, you know, what is the natural well in a place like Boston, um, we came down with two things in either a bar or a coffee house. And um, Boston being the, the drunkest city in the country, we decided that would probably be anti, you know, <laughs> anti-productive. So we said, well, okay, if it's going to be a coffee house, then how do we build coffee houses that would actually allow us to be on mission together so that we're, we're never not on mission, right? That we take yeah. this, this 
tent making job and actually making it part of what we're doing. Wow. So that's kind of the big picture, right? Is yeah. Has it come to fruition the way that we initially planned? The Lord has done some miraculous things to see it wow. become much bigger than we anticipated, but it is, uh, that, you know, that's the overall picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's such a creative, um, concept, but you know, we've, we've heard a lot before of, you know, meet and meet in a coffee shop, like during the, during your week and meet people, hang out there. But I don't think many guys have thought to, well, why not just push this to its ultimate and let's just start a coffee shop and a, and a good coffee shop. Um, you know, not a bad one, but like serve good coffee, the things that people like and hang out. And then we can use that space and to meet on Sundays and do other things. So what does the space look like? How have you guys organized it, laid it out? What have you found to be really uh, beneficial for both, you know, a, a good business that serves the community well, and then also for, for your church family? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is obviously, like you said, it has to be a good coffee house. So um, we've got to serve high quality coffee. We want people walking into a space that doesn't feel churchy, right? So one of the things I tell people all the time is we don't open Christian coffee houses we open coffee houses that are staffed by Christ followers, right? So um, we want people walking into a space where it would feel like walking into a Starbucks. We just want to serve better coffee than Starbucks, which we yeah. do. So um, they want to come in and feel like, well, this is an opportunity for us to hang out. Um, a lot of places like in the city, if you go into like a Dunkin' Donuts, they're actually going to limit the amount of time that you're allowed to spend in the space. So really? we want to create an environment like Starbucks started for everybody, right? With this coffee house culture to say, you can come in, hang out. We want to have conversations. We want regulars to be coming back. So that business component's really important. If you were to walk into the well coffee house at any point, you know, Monday through Saturday, it's just going to feel like a really high quality coffee house. Mm. Um, the vibe is very kind of uh, family friendly. We want you to stick around. Um, the, the, we call them missionary baristas. So they, you know, their job is first and foremost, we want to make sure that you're going to come back. So we want to give you a really high quality product. But um, through the evangelistic efforts, it's just build relationships and we'll pray that those relationships over time will lead to a gospel conversation. Right? Yeah. So we do a lot of listening. So the environment in that sense is really important. Um, how it transitions to a church depends on the space itself. So like the, the church that I'm pastoring in East Boston, we have all of these kind of removable walls they're kind of rolling out of the way and we've we've intentionally designed them maybe to be turned or to create different barriers um and and in doing that it still allows people to walk into the coffee house on a sunday and though it has more of a church kind of vibe it's still you're walking into a place that you're coming in every day right yeah. so it's kind of breaking that stained glass barrier that we see pretty prevalent in boston man Okay, well, Kevin, how have you seen th throughout this ministry and this strategy, um, how have you seen God provide for your church through the work at, at the Well Coffee House? Wow, there's so many things. Um, you know, I mentioned before that everything that we try to do is built on relationships. So, you know, when me and my team moved here, I just told everybody, we don't have any money, so get jobs and let's start building relationships and see what the Lord does. The coffee house component has just kind of enhanced that. So it allowed us to say, okay, we're not going to work outside of the coffee house anymore. Now the coffee house is open. We'll all kind of collaborate there. So those, that relationship component was only enhanced, right? Mm -hmm. So we even took the relationships we had made outside of that and said, hey, come check out the coffee house. And um, those relationships, I, I think the, the, the idea of... Um, barista in or you know what is a natural well in the city that you live in 
um, people want to communicate. They want to talk. They want to, they want to know that, that, that you're listening and that you care. And so if you can kind of picture kind of the old school idea of, you know, somebody walking up to a bar and sitting down and dumping their problems on a bartender, we're wanting to create kind of that same vibe and environment. And in doing that, what we have found is that people now are, will walk into the well coffee house because they've said, man, we met some people there that really helped us. And I don't really have answers for you, but you should go in there and, and have a conversation with the people that are there because they, they care and they love you. And, um, they seem to you know provide some decent advice. And so, I mean, that's one area from just an evangelistic standpoint, building relationships and seeing, having opportunity to say, Hey, the, the coffee house that you'd be coming into every day is the same place that we're meeting for a church. And, yeah. and even if you don't like church, you should just come and check it out. Right. Um, from a discipleship standpoint, you know, we're in a city that's less than 2% evangelical. And so we don't see a lot of Christ followers coming to church at the well to begin with. So it provides us an opportunity for, for people who come into church at the well, you know, the Lord brings them to faith. Um, they begin their discipleship process and we can say, Hey, right off the bat, you have opportunity to begin ministering to other people, right? So come in, volunteer at the well coffee house, or just come in and sit down and have a cup of coffee and strike up a conversation with someone. And so we've, we've taught, um, right off the very, very, very beginning, new believers to say, this is how you can begin sharing your faith and impacting others the same way that you were impacted by what's gone here. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, those are some of the benefits of the church. Um, it, it's slow. You know, mm. I, I think, I think some of the discouragement that we've seen lately with church planters in these large cities is they're coming in and they're saying it's so slow that it's, it's just painful. And, I think one of the other advantages is that we're constantly on mission. Um, those relationships and conversations are happening every single day. And so even though, yes, it might be slow to see somebody walk into the church, the ministry is still continuing on a daily basis. So it doesn't feel as slow, right? You're seeing fruit and conversation and productivity almost every day, just watching yeah. the Lord move in, in crazy ways. Man, it's so great. It, it is such a great reminder that you're waking up every day, you're on mission, you've got people living as missionaries, and you're out there engaging engaging the community. And so I wonder, Kevin, if you could speak to, because I'm sure there are, you know, we're X29, some of the leaders all throughout, and other elders and deacons listening, and, you know, we, we start thinking, like, steps forward. Okay, well, what about, so what does it look like for you? Um, like, how do, are you balancing... How do you balance the pastoring and the shepherding? And then also, are you engaged? Like, are you the manager of the, are you back there making frappuccinos and you're back there, you know, sourcing and doing coffee tastings? Like, so what, what is the balance rhythms, uh, whatever word we want to use to describe it? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I would say, you know, I'll hold to the, the thing, you know, there's no such thing as balance. It's a mess. Something's always going to, you know, suffer. Um, you know, we get questions from this from people all over the country. I mean, all over the world now are coming to the Well Coffee House and saying, how do we do this? And one of the first things they'll say is don't do it the way that I did it, mm. right? So um, our hope is that because of the way that we did it, we can now help others not have to go through what we went through, right? So um, individuals coming in now and saying, hey, I would love to open like a third space business like this because it doesn't have to be a coffee house. It could be anything. Um, and I'll say, you need a champion, right? Are you... This idea of trying to start new businesses as well as plant a church at the same time, um, it takes 
a pretty high capacity leader and an individual who's very entrepreneurial. And I mean, I know it speaks to the heart of most of what Acts 29 is. Yeah, yeah. But most guys are not going to be able to sustain that. So how did we do it? Well, I had an amazing team around me. Um, you know, we moved out here. I had the same stories of everybody else. We moved out here with uh, four families. You know, there's only two left. Some left pretty quickly. It's just difficult ground. And um, But the, the couple that has stayed... Um, Matt and Julie Love, they came out with this uh, just idea of, hey, we're going to come and we're going to burn the boats. And they understood the mission. And Matt and Julie now run all of the coffee houses. So they had never run a business before. So the beginnings of this was having us run this thing together, teaching them um, what does a business look like and how we run as a business. And then now that has to keep going forget that. Let's focus on what does a ministry look like that's in a business, right? Because we have all kinds of challenges that we never really anticipated. Like if we hire a barista from the church and they're a terrible worker, and right. we have to fire them, how does that impact the relationship with the church as well, right? Mm. So I think um, if, if somebody was looking at doing something like this now, I would say you need a team, right? It, it's the, the, every time I had to put more energy into the coffee house, um, just to get it started, yes, this church suffered. And every time that I would put you know, energies into the church, it felt like the coffee house suffered. Now, the way that I built my team, we all kind of did this together. And so we were, we were working together on both the church and the coffee house. Once the coffee house was established, um, which was, we started very small. It was just this little kiosk inside of a train station. Oh, wow. Once that was established, then um, we were able to kind of divide and conquer, right? So now... Yes, I still make frappuccinos, right? We don't call them that here, but... Yeah, what do you um, call them? Blends? Uh, just frozen. So you can get frozen. anything at the Well Coffee House, hot, iced, or frozen, right? There we so go. So it's like a blend. Um, so I, um, I do spend time behind the counter because I think, you know, for me, especially... I, mean, I spend most of my time in the coffee house in East Boston because that's the church that I, that I pastor. Um, every day that I'm behind that counter, I'm meeting another one of my neighbors, mm. right? And so it provides me just invaluable opportunity to, for me to build those relationships as well. Um, my team's working hard to, to, to eliminate me from that picture as you know, we've been here 12 years and the coffee house has been around for nine years. But um, it is, uh, it's something that I've, I've really asked every person that's involved in our mission to still provide some hours at the coffee house um, to make sure that they're staying engaged you know, with the yeah. actual mission and what's going on. So. Yeah, man, I love it. It's it speaks to such of the so much of the missional evangelistic heart that the DNA, the core of who we are at X twenty nine. I mean, it is it is recovering that, it is speaking to it, it's it's modeling it. So, man, I'm so grateful for your witness and and for the church and for the coffee house and and all of it. And and, and I wonder how if you could speak to maybe this model of church planning and other areas that maybe couldn't sustain a coffee shop. Like how how do you adapt to the to the needs of a community while, while remaining gospel focused? Also, yeah, that's a great question. We one of my biggest fears in all of this and what the Lord has done is now we'll have people come in and say, "Oh, you've cracked the code, right?" So we just need to open a bunch of coffee houses, and I'm like, "No, if you think right. this is about coffee, you've missed it, right?" Um, this could be anything. So I, I think you know. We throw this around too much, probably, but it's it's really understanding your neighborhood and the needs that your neighborhood has, um, and exegeting that culture well. So I, I would say there's there's places that don't need more coffee, right? I mean, in order for the model to work, you do have to have a sustainable business, 
Um, if it's not making money, then your church isn't going to last anyway, and you're going to lose your opportunities. Yeah. So from a business perspective, you've got to say, okay, what are the needs in the community? What's something that can actually make it? Um, the, there's a neighborhood not far from East Boston that I've been wanting to, to plant a church in for a while, but it's a Spanish neighborhood. I don't speak Spanish. And I don't know how to open a Spanish coffee house, right? But I do have a soccer background. So we've been looking for warehouse space to say, you know, there's a need in this community, especially in New England, for some like indoor soccer arenas. So mm. what would that look like? And that could be closed on Sundays. And we could plant a church out of that, right? So I think really understanding what your community needs. Um, one component I haven't talked about is um, there is an opportunity in every city um, for you know businesses that are really engaging the community to make impact that the church doesn't have open doors to right, right. so the the well coffee house is its own independent nonprofit and we we highlight and support other local nonprofits as part of our you know strategy so each month you walk in the well coffee house you're going to see as soon as you walk in okay here's the nonprofit that we're supporting we advertise for them we educate our staff on them uh, we have uh, Julie, uh, Matt's wife, that, that does all of this. And, and um, there are, we have probably gained a, a, a further hold and a positive reputation from us just giving back to the community than the church would ever have the mm. opportunity to do because of the resistance of church in, in an area like Boston. And so I think that's another component to this is what, what can you open that actually provides you opportunity to bless the community? Right, yeah. where the church isn't, and Paul talked about this, right? Like I, I came and I didn't take from you; I actually blessed you and gave back. And I think there's a reputation right now in cities, especially with some of the other denominations that have come in, or you know, some of these major issues. I won't throw anybody on the bus, but saying we're coming in and it feels like we're just taking mm. and not really blessing the community. And if we are, it's maybe we're building four walls and we're kind of creating a club here instead of saying the church has the opportunity to bless in so many ways beyond what we can possibly imagine. So I think that's another component of it is what does the community need? You know, what can be a sustainable business in that community? And then what type of business can we utilize to bless the community from the standpoint of, Hey, you know, this is, this is really an opportunity to make a difference. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think we think that way very often. Yeah, it's it's it takes some homework, it takes some some thinking, it takes some creativity. It's not just starting a service. I mean, that's something I just keep talking about all the time in assessment and keep talking about even here on the X29 podcast, just talking often about how we are not a service starting network. We are a church planting network. And that it takes a lot more. It takes a lot of thinking, a lot of praying, a lot of strategy, a lot of doing your contextual homework and, and backgrounds of your community and, and, know, and knowing your area and knowing your people. So, man, you're, you're doing great stuff. I love it. I, I think it's such a great idea that, as you said, is this is not the cracking the code but this is showing how you can begin that work in your area and find what is needed. X29 is excited to announce our 2023 Advanced Conferences. Advanced Conferences are regional training and assessment events that bring together new and aspiring church planters, dynamic thinkers, and proven practitioners. Whether you've been involved in church leadership for three decades or your church plant is just beginning this year, every Acts 29 leader, both men and women, will benefit 
from these events. Conferences are going to be held this year in Raleigh, North Carolina, Omaha, Nebraska, Dallas, Texas, and Portland, Oregon. And registration is open now for our first event in Raleigh, North Carolina, March 6th through 8th. You can learn more by going to acts29.com slash advance23. We hope you'll join us for one of these exciting events this year. So maybe there's a church planner out there who's, man, I have a vision for my city. Um, I have a heart and a desire for them. But this maybe this church planner or this existing church, they're really struggling to see how they can accomplish it. Maybe it's not at a coffee shop. Maybe it is a soccer thing. So what advice, what advice would you give to other church planners who, man, they're struggling to accomplish that vision? Yeah. Um, well, at first I'd say it's hard, right? I mean, we're not going to be able to move forward without the Holy Spirit moving and, and really being obedient to what the Lord's calling us to do. I think that there is... There's a simple model in scripture that we need to, you know, come back and embrace. And we kind of need to flip this, this idea that, okay, we come into a neighborhood, we're going to be the solution. Um, we're going to build, you know, come in with our people. And then we just start, like you said, a service or a church. I think we've got it backwards a little bit. I think what we need to be thinking is we're coming into a neighborhood and success isn't necessarily starting a service. Success is am I impacting my neighborhood or my community with the gospel, right? So um, I think the model needs to be reversed to say, instead of just saying we're coming in to start a service, we're coming in to be a blessing to the community, to build relationships, and then it's those relationships that necessitate this planting of a church, right? So I think just switching that paradigm a little bit um, would really help because I think we've, we've set people up to fail to think, well, the reason that maybe you're struggling or because you're, you're not meeting your own expectation is because your expectation is poor, right? If your success is we're going to come into these hard areas and see a church of, you know, a mega church or whatever it's going to look like, that, that shouldn't be the goal, right? That, that, that's something that should come out of the relationships that are being built. And then the Lord, takes the church that was planted from those relationships. And now we're on a a totally different kind of concept, right? So I think rethinking, you know, what success looks like, um, we should be saying we're coming into a city to, to help make Jesus famous, right? To be obedient to what he's called us to do, to live out and, and proclaim the gospel to the best of our ability by his grace. And then just being obedient to what he's asking us to do with each step, right? Um, for us, we would have, I would have never, I mean, we've been grinding this thing out for 12 years and what the Lord's done has been phenomenal, but it didn't look anything like what we planned, right? Mm. Like yeah. the church started in an apartment out of the relationships that we began to build. And then it started meeting somewhere else. It wasn't in a coffee house because we couldn't get a coffee house open because nobody wanted to, to do it. We didn't have any money, right? Right. But the, I, I think if you, if you hold tight to the vision the Lord's given you, and you're willing to hold um, loose to the methods by which you'll accomplish it, it will change the way that we view success. So success now may be, man, I came home and I had the best conversation, you know, with an individual building this relationship. Well, that, that is church planting, right? Um, so I guess I would encourage it that way because, you know, taking a step to just say, hey, I'm just going to open a business, um, once again, it needs to come out of necessity and it needs to come out of, you know, hey, you've come into this neighborhood, you've really built relationships, you understand it, you're living in it, you're engaging it with the gifts that you've been given. 
the Lord will use that to build relationships. And in those relationships, you go, what is this going to look like? Yeah. And now, Lord, how do we move forward in these relationships to see, you know, others join us on mission? And I don't know if that answers the question wholeheartedly or if that was like the heart of the question, but I'm just, one of my personal, I guess, soapbox is just watching guys say they're failing. And I'm just going, you're only failing because you're viewing it from a, a poor lens. Right, right. right. I mean, most of us that looked at Paul, we would go back then, we'd be like, he's failing. Yeah. And he wasn't, right? So um, we just need to look at it differently. I I like what you said. We're not not coming into cities to start services. We're coming into cities to make a gospel difference. Yep. And the Lord will plant churches out of that. Yeah. Amen. That's a good word, brother. And and I'm so encouraged by it. And I know other guys will be too, and other teams and other leaders out there listening, and probably people who are interested in in supporting the work of church planting. And I think some guys who who you're beginning to maybe build your model, build your prospectus, this is the time to really think about, okay, when I'm doing fundraising, maybe I could also be thinking about fundraising. Oh, we're going to be funding to start a business and to do the plant a church out of that business. Like there's different ways of doing it too. And I will tell you that for us, you know, every coffee house that we've opened has opened with no debt. And the reason is because the first one, you know, from a fundraising perspective, is we said, if we can get people to invest to get this thing open and it succeeds, then I'm not going to have to keep coming back and asking for money. Yeah. Because I think the one of the milestones that we talk about is, you know, when you become self-sustaining. Well, mm. You can become self-sustaining much quicker if you have an income coming in, right? Yeah, yeah. And and constant um, fundraising is exhausting, right? And it gets old going back to the same people with the same requests over and over because we know you come into a place like Boston. Well, even if our church grew huge, we're not going to see any tithing because there's no believers, right? So what's sustaining us? Well, I can go out and raise a bunch of money or I can say, hey, I need to raise an initial amount of money to get something going on that's bringing money in. So I think from a, a strategic standpoint with um, fundraising, there's something here, right? Mm-hmm. To where, hey, if you'll invest enough for us to get self-sustaining right off the bat, a lot of people want to invest in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some immediate returns. Yeah. Immediate returns, uh, providing jobs for other people, helping them. It's helping others and opportunities for discipleship, mentorship, a missional, you know, living baked right in from the beginning. And so there's, there's something to this for sure. And yeah. so I hope every, I hope every prospective church planner or early church planner will just kind of weigh some of these things and, and, and really begin to think about it and, and see what it could look like for you. Okay. Well, Kevin, let's, let's wrap this show up today, uh, with our speed round. Our, right. our f- final three questions. Okay, what's a great book you've read recently you want to share with the listeners? I'm currently finishing my doctorate, and so most of the reading that I've been doing has been geared around that and finishing my dissertation. But I think this is an old book, um, Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I had read it years ago, but kind of had to revisit it as you know things are going crazy, and you just go, I've really got to... I, mean, I told you, there's no such thing as balance, but mm. how do I say no to things? Right, right. right. So okay, there that's we go. Been helpful. Okay, second one. So this kind of connects. Where are you, where are you finding rest these days? Hmm. I think that every one of us that's probably listening to this struggles with this question. Um, I'm the worst at this, and so I have a team of people that are holding me accountable consistently because they know my personality to say it's time. 
Um, in the last two years, we've taken this idea of Sabbath very seriously. And my wife has helped me with that. So every Monday in the last two years, it's just been, look, this is a protected thing. Mm. Um, and then I'm fine. And then four years ago, um, the four of us that are still here from the original team, we've been taking a week in Mexico. Um, and we have just said, this is going to happen. Um, and that has been probably, it's coming up here in two weeks. In oh, fact, good. Counting the days down where, you know, the only rule is we're not talking about work or church or ministry. And we're literally just going and laying on the beach and, and sleeping on a daily basis. You know, it's the typical, um, finding moments alone, I think is probably the most important thing I've learned about myself is even if it's just 30 minutes, just finding some time to be quiet. Yeah. Um, I find a lot of rest in that. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. Really, really good. Okay. Final one. What's your favorite verse or, or a verse that's speaking to you right, right now? Uh, probably the, the most impactful verse, uh, Luke nine twenty three. if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And I think the reason that that's been so impactful of late is we all understand if you unpack that, what it's talking about, but it's that daily, right? I have a tendency to, um, to maybe look at my week and say, okay, over the week's time, yeah, I spent some time with the Lord, but am I really taking up my cross on a daily basis? Like, am I waking up every morning saying, I want to go to bed today knowing Jesus better than when I woke up? Mm. And I think this verse is, is, it's keeping me focused, right? It's, this is the ultimate goal, know Jesus better. Yeah, So yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the Acts Man podcast and, and sharing your story and your strategy and your plan and, and how God's working there at the well and the well coffee houses. So thanks so much, brother. Yeah, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, this show was edited and produced by Aaron Logan. Show prep and research were done by Olivia Mead and Christy Britton. And I'm your host, Jeff Metters. And let's keep planting churches worldwide.